But right now, I just want to speak a message entitled, The Theology of Kindness. The Theology of Kindness. Over this last month, we've seen an incredible amount of kindness when it comes to generosity, as we've talked about strengthening home here at City Church. We've had this series on, our, on God, Money and Me over these five weeks, and uh, the reality of it is, is it isn't just about fi- uh, finances or money or resource, but it actually is all about people. It's all about influence and reaching out to those that are around and about us in our community. It's great that the church has strength and it's great that the church is blessed, but the church is blessed to be a blessing to those that are around it. The church is blessed so that our community would know that we exist so that we can reach out to those that are around us. And so I've entitled the message this morning, The Theology of Kindness. And the reason for it is we often think about theology in terms of what is right and wrong, black and white. And it's true, theology is like that. When we look at the Bible, there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is some facts that we just cannot deny that are black and white in Scripture. But the calling of the church is to be kind. The calling of the church is to love. The calling of each one of us as individuals and believers of Jesus Christ is to spread this gospel message. This message that God came down to the world to save every one of us. He died on a cross and rose again so that we could be forgiven of our sins and set free so that we can have a freedom in Jesus Christ and a relationship with him that changes everything. It gives us hope. It's not just a theology and a mental understanding of Scripture and understanding that there was 12 disciples and understanding of the events that took place in history. It's an understanding that this has to go beyond just our head. And it has to get into our heart. We have to have an understanding that God has called us to go out into all the world. And we do that from kindness and from love. You know, a lot of great things in our lives have started from kindness. Dare I say your significant other relationship started because of kindness. It was eyes perhaps locking on with somebody else across the room and then you saw that person and you just didn't visualize it in your head a relationship. You acted upon it with kindness. Hey girl. And you started to walk over there And you started to talk to that girl or that guy and you started to connect with them. There was a kindness that was emanating out of your life. Relationships don't start with you going up and reading out a rule book to someone. Relationships start with kindness and love and relationship. In fact, that's how they keep going. That's how they stay healthy. But somewhere along the line, sometimes with our relationships, we can have all the head understanding. We can get to know someone in so much detail about their life and know everything about them, but we can sometimes forget to love them, to be kind. And I wonder as a church, sometimes we can get so enamored with coming and celebrating together in a service on a Sunday. We can have such an understanding about scripture and who God is and the bigness of God and the incredible wealth of his wisdom in our lives. But we can sometimes forget the mission is to love. The theology and the understanding is so that we wouldn't just understand Scripture, but that we would take this great love letter to the world and tell people about the kindness of Jesus Christ. I love in Romans 10 verse 4 it says, Or are you unaware of His rich kindness, forbearance and patience, that it is God's kindness that leads you to repentance? 
Have you ever met any of those Christians that they need deep theology? And they come to church, and it's not at this church, I'm sure, but they come to church around the body of Christ, around the world, and they're like, the teaching is not deep enough. We need more theological teaching. We need more depth in the Word of God. And I love depth, and I love reading through Scripture and getting an understanding of it. But let me tell you what depth is. Depth is obedience to Scripture. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Sometimes we store up a lot of mental space in here, but we never action it. I'd prefer to almost know less and action it and live it out than to know so much and not do anything with it. And I want to be the kind of church that we don't just have an understanding about God and his love, but we display it to all the people that we encounter, to all those that we are around, that we allow the kindness of Jesus Christ to flow down and into our lives and out into our community, into our workplaces and schools and universities and wherever we would find ourselves. I love it says in Scripture, be kind to one another. It says love is patient and kind. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience and kindness. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is an evidence of a vibrant, connected relationship with Jesus that we would see kindness start to emanate from our lives. And so I want to look at a passage of Scripture this morning. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you come with me to Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Many people see this passage as a Scripture where a blind man is healed. But let me tell you this morning that this is actually a scripture that the miracle took place because of a kind action that started this chain of events. And can I say in our lives this morning that so many miracles are on the other side of kindness. So many great moments and supernatural encounters that people can have are on the other side of showing somebody love. When we start to reach out and allow what God's done in us, not just to be headspace, but to touch our heart, it starts to have a ripple effect in our community. It starts to see miracles take place because of kindness. How can you pray for someone when there's no relationship? How can you reach out to somebody financially and be able to help someone and be a blessing to someone if you don't know them and you haven't connected with them? There's a starting point where miracles start to rack up when we are kind, when we show love. Jesus brought a revolution of love to the earth and the ripple effects were multiple miracles. Thousands and thousands of people were impacted because of Jesus Christ, but it all started with love and relationship. Luke chapter 18 verse 35 says this, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. Can you imagine the scene? This man who was blind, perhaps blind since birth, we don't know the details of his story, but here he was as a beggar on the side of the road, somebody that could not work and could not earn an income, someone that was constantly reliant upon other people to be able to live. In the society and the culture of the day, he was an outcast. He was somebody that was just resigned to the fact that he would sit on the side of the road and he would beg for mercy from those people that went past. He would beg for money to be able to survive because he could not support himself and here he was on the side of the road could you imagine the scene 
blind but can hear the sounds. And then he starts to hear this crowd and this noise of people that starts to, to come by. He hears it from far away and then he starts to hear it get louder and louder and there's a sound to this crowd. Do you know that the church has a sound? Do you know that in our community there is a sound of the church? There is a sound of joy. There is a sound of hope that comes out of the church. Do you know in your family home there is a sound? When people come into your home, they can feel the joy, the passion, the love. They can hear the sound of community. You know, your life has a sound. When you think about when you're in your workplace or school or wherever you are, there is a sound that comes off your life. The sound of joy, the sound of relationship with Jesus. There's this fragrance that starts to emanate wherever you go. It says, when he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked, what was happening? Wouldn't that be great if our community started to say, what's happening? Because I can hear a sound. There's something happening at City Church throughout the Blue Mountains. There's a sound that's starting to come out of that place. It's being amplified through their new speakers. There is a sound that's happening. And it starts to have an impact throughout our community and beyond. And we just start to see the ripple effect. There is a sound of the church. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Can you imagine the scene as he's yelling out, as he's asking with all of his might for Jesus to be able to look through the crowd and to see him in his pain, to see him in his brokenness, to see him as the forgotten person in the story. And there's noise all around Jesus. And there's all these things happening. But he just yelled out. And I love in this story that he knew who Jesus was. And he knew who he was. Because he said, Jesus, son of David. He's talking about the biblical prophecies of who Jesus was. He didn't just understand Jesus as a man that grew up in Nazareth. He understood Jesus as the Messiah King. And he called him out that way. He called with a desperation and an understanding of who Jesus was. And he said, have mercy on me. Because he knew who he was. He was a sinner. He was broken. He was in need of a saviour. And every one of us have yelled that out. Every one of us, the cry of our heart, have asked that because God is merciful towards us. And he goes on to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. See, this is a miracle of kindness. Many other people would have walked on by. In fact, Jesus was encouraged just to continue walking. When the man was yelling out, his disciples, his aides, the people that were following me in the crowd, actually told the man, be quiet. Don't disturb the master as he goes by. Be quiet. But yet, they, as they did that, Jesus still heard the sound of someone crying out for mercy. Do you know that Jesus hears the sound of your prayers? 
even your whispers, even your brokenness, even when you have nothing left, Jesus hears. He hears your heart. He hears what's going on on the inside. He knows exactly what is happening in your world. Kindness leads to miracles. Let me talk to you this morning about three things that kindness does. The first one's this. Number one, kindness hears. It says, when Jesus heard him. Do you know something powerful in this world today is the ability to be heard? Do you know there's so many people that are around us every day that just want to be heard? They want their voice to be heard. They want somebody to give them the time of day and the attention and somebody to be able to listen, to be able to hear the cry of their heart. We are so good at times as Christians at speaking. We are so good at sometimes talking and telling and preaching and doing those things, which is all great stuff. But can I tell you this morning, there is a power in listening. It's like the old saying, two ears and one mouth. And if we could just hear the cries of those that are around us, if we could hear the cry of a generation that is crying out for a Messiah, they're crying out for somebody to come and rescue them, to bring healing and restoration to their life. If we could open our ears to hear. Many people walk on past. Many people are caught up with their mission. Many people are focused on where they've got to get to on their, their next, next task of the day. It takes somebody that is listening to the Holy Spirit, somebody that is attentive to what God is doing in their life to actually hear. Hear someone smile. Hear someone's frown. Hear someone's intimate situation. Hear someone's challenge. Hear someone's trial. See their facial expression. Look at their body language to be able to hear there is something going on here. It's the starting place for a miracle. Kindness is hearing. Kindness is listening. Kindness is taking a moment to be quiet. You know, the people all around Jesus were telling this man to be quiet. They were telling him to quiet down. Don't distract the Savior. Focus on just your own life. Jesus is focused on important things. And they were trying to quieten him down and tell him to, to direct him to other places. Isn't it funny, I think, in our lives, how at times we can find ourselves in situations where people that have tried to deflect us, people that have tried to stop us, people that have tried to get us to quieten down or perhaps tried to alter the calling on our life, actually, they just direct us towards our destiny. Actually, they just move us towards where we're called to be because Jesus is bigger than any of the situations that are in our life. He has the ability to be able to turn around what is evil, what is bad, and turn it around for good. He has the ability to be able to take our situation even when it seems impossible, even when people are telling us to be quiet, even when people are telling us to stay by yourself and just be alone and do this and, and struggle with anxiety and struggle with fear. You'll never break free of that. Even when people are doing that and speaking that over our life, Jesus has an ability to find us. He has an ability to get on the inside of our hearts and do a transformation work. You know, the cry of many of us in our hearts, whether we say it or not, is I'm, I'm too important. I have too much to focus on today. And oftentimes we miss a miracle because we are so focused on where we're going. Instead of hearing and listening to what's going on and around and about us. 
I love kids. Kids have the ability to be able to grab your attention. My little girl, Georgia, who's really starting to talk and putting some words together now. And uh, I actually think to myself, I liked it when you didn't talk, Georgia. And, uh, and now she comes up and she just comes and grabs you. And she just goes, come, 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 come. And she grabs you by the hand. And because she can't get the full sentence out, she just tells you to come and then just pulls you in the direction of where you need to go. She has this thing at the moment where she just loves brushing her teeth. And so she has a little chair that's set up and she just wants to go to the bathroom, sit up there, turn the tap on, and then she just stays there with the tap on and brushes her teeth. And so it doesn't matter what time of day it is, she'll find you and say, come, 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 and walk you up the hallway and get you set up in there. And then there she is. She's there for half an hour brushing her teeth. And she just loves it. But she has this ability to be able to capture your attention. But we've got to be able to have the ability to listen. And sometimes she's trying to say things and she can't get the words out correctly. And so you have to listen. You have to be, let her lead you to where she's wanting you to go. And I wonder in our community, are we open to hear what's going on? In our family and in our friendship group, are we hearing what's going on? Because kindness is hearing. It's allowing people to be heard. The second thing is this, kindness stops. Kindness hears and kindness stops. Kindness stops to value people. It says in verse 40, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered that the man be brought to him. I love this uh, quote. It says, kindness has converted more sinners than zeal, elegance or learning. And it's true. Just the ability to be kind to someone, to stop in our busyness, to ready ourselves, to stop in our distractions, to stop in our tasks, and to give someone complete attention and the ability to say, you know what? I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm stopping and I'm valuing you. I love that Jesus did that for us. When humanity was falling apart, heaven stopped. It sent Jesus Christ to come to the earth and that he would die and be resurrected, that he, the sin of mankind would be put on him. And heaven stopped. Heaven focused on the salvation of mankind. All the sin of the world was put upon Jesus Christ and then he rose again. All attention was put on us. All value was put on humanity. Jesus loved us so much that he sent his son so that every one of us could know life and relationship with him. He stopped everything to focus on us. It says in Psalm 145 verse 17, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Now one of the things that Cooper used to do when he was little is when you would go in the car, he would fall asleep whenever the car was moving. And he'd be in his car seat and he'd fall asleep. But as soon as you stopped at a traffic light, a giveaway sign or anything like that, a stop sign, he would wake up immediately. He'd wake up and start to look around with what's going on and then wait until you started driving again before he'd fall back to sleep. Because stopping kind of creates an awareness. Stopping helps you gather your attention. Stopping helps you focus in the moment. How many of us are on autopilot through our weeks? We're all busy. They say that this generation that we live in is busier than we've ever been before. There's so much stuff that's going on. But do we take the time to stop? Be still and know that I am God, Scripture says. 
Do we take the time to stop and give the attention to those that are in front of us, to put the phone down, to put the things down that are distracting us and to look in the eyes of the people that we love the most and to stop and give them attention? That is kindness. Do you know the greatest kindness in this generation today is full attention? Because we never get it. Actually, in this generation that we live in, it's always partial attention. It's always distraction. It's always looking at you while I'm looking at my phone. It's always thinking about what I'm going to do next. It's like the person that is talking to you. And instead of listening to them, all you're doing is thinking about what you're going to say next. That's kind of the generation that we live in. We spend so much of our time thinking about other things, being busy, being preoccupied. We can sometimes miss the moment. Miss what God is doing in the moment in front of you. I recently read this. Studies from exit interviews with Christian leaders who have fallen indicate that a neglect of private prayer and Bible study marked the beginning of their spiritual decline. And isn't that true? That when we lose focus on Jesus, who is the person we are called to follow, then distraction starts to come in like a flood in our life. And I want to encourage you as believers, as Christians, to be in the Word of God, to read the Bible, to pray, to spend time with God. Don't let that little bit of your life, don't let your devotion life and the passion for Jesus be squeezed out by the busyness and the stress of all the other things going on in your world because that will bring other distractions. That will bring some ugly stuff into your life if you don't focus on Jesus. We are called followers of Jesus and isn't it, doesn't it seem silly that we would forget to do that? That we would have all the knowledge and all the understanding, but we would forget to actually follow Jesus by being in his word, by spending time praying, by spending time just in his presence, just loving Jesus and stopping from all the distractions that are around us and spending time with him. It's so important that we stop. It's so important that we take that time. I love it says in Ephesians 2 verse 4, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he may show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us through Christ Jesus. The kindness of God. Have you missed the kindness of God because you have been too distracted? Have you missed the time in his presence because you are focused on the next thing that you've got to do? I love this moment today because I'm somebody that can be so focused on the future and vision and where we're going and where I'm going and all of those things. But today is a moment that we have called our celebration service to stop and say, God, I thank you for what you've done. But even more than that, I thank you for who you are and I want to worship you and I don't want to miss this moment. I don't want to be so quickly on to the next that I stop to celebrate what you're doing right now. Are you celebrating the people in your world or are you just waiting for a a birthday or an anniversary or some special occasion? Because the people that we love every day is a special occasion. Let's take the moments to be able to remember to stop and tell those that we love, that we love them. Let's take the moments to stop in our busyness of our day 
and to tell those that are lost, tell those that are hurting, tell those that don't know Jesus Christ that they are loved. Give them attention. Show them with our body language and our, and our lives that they are important. And third and finally this morning, kindness brings. Kindness brings people to Jesus. It says in this passage, it goes on to say, and uh, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near to Jesus, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. I love that Jesus asked him that question. It kind of seems like a peculiar question to ask. What do you want me to do? It's obvious, Jesus, that he's blind. It's obvious, Jesus, that he's looking for a miracle and you are the miracle maker. You are the person that has done multiple miracles throughout that, the generation, throughout those people that were around there, throughout the years that you've been doing ministry. It's obvious, Jesus, that he needs a miracle. It's obvious, Jesus, that he needs to be healed from his blindness. But I think what's most powerful about this moment is that Jesus takes this moment to actually give weight to stop, to hear, to listen to what this man needs, and to make it a personal encounter. What do you want? He gave him the dignity to ask him himself that someone else was not going to speak for him in this moment, that others weren't going to tell him to be quiet, that others around him weren't going to be a noise greater than him, but he put all the other things aside and looked him straight in his face and said, what do you want me to do for you? Do you know in this moment, in this miracle, Jesus just could have kept on walking and said, yeah, be healed and kept going. Jesus didn't need to stop. Jesus didn't need to look at him. Jesus did not need to ask him this question. Jesus could have just knew what it was, heal him and just keep going. He didn't even need to touch him personally. He just could have kept moving on. But here's the thing. Jesus just wasn't about a miracle of uh, supernatural proportions and just about seeing miracles take place. Jesus was about relationship. He was about kindness. He didn't just want the man to have a miracle without the relationship. He just didn't want him to have the form without the power. And the power of our life is our relationship, our vibrant connection with Jesus. How often do we find ourselves focused on seeing the spectacular instead of seeing relationship formed? And I don't know about you, but kindness is in the relationship. Kindness is in the personal interaction. It's great to see miracles take place, and I love our new sound system. I love miracles in our, in our finances and our fundraising and all that's kind of taken place, but it's only so that we can have kindness. It's only so that through these speakers can be proclaimed the love of Jesus Christ. It's only so that people can have a personal contact and relationship with Jesus. Miracles are spectacular, but relationships are so much better. And I love that Jesus never lost his purpose. He was focused on the one. He was focused on relationship. I love in Hosea 11 verse 4, it says, I led them with the cords, God speaking, of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek and I bend down to feed them. Isn't that the story of Jesus? The man with the greatest mission on earth, to save mankind. He was busy. He had so much to do. He had the greatest task that this world has ever seen, but yet he wasn't too distracted for the one. He wasn't too focused or too task-orientated 
for the one? How many excuses can we conjure up in our lives for missing the one? Can I encourage you? Let's allow a revolution of kindness, a revolution of love to be able to come out of this place. That City Church would be known in our community, not because of our great services, but because of the love of its people. Because it points to a loving God, a Savior who cares about every one of us. Mother Teresa said this, Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Do we have the ability to speak kindness to those that are around and about us? If the team want to come, I'm almost coming to a close. It says in Matthew 5, 14, You are the light of the world. As has been prophesied over this church that the dimmest witches would be turned up, that we would shine brighter, that the love of Jesus Christ would be known more in our community, that we would be brighter in the dark places of the Blue Mountains and beyond. That we would shine because of our good works, that they would glorify our Father who is in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I want the love of Jesus Christ to ripple through our community. I want people to know who Jesus is and that he cares about them individually. I love in Acts chapter 4 verse 8, there's a story of Peter and John and their kindness towards a man who was a, a beggar on the street. And they see this story where this guy was crying out and said, he's crying out for help, he's crying out for charity. He just wanted financial provision, someone to be able to help him. And Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Now that got Peter and John in a whole bunch of trouble. Got them brought before the leaders and the judges of the day. And they brought them forward. And Who is this Jesus that you are proclaiming as the Messiah? Then Peter gets up and says in Acts chapter 4 verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And kindness does that. It gets you in the conversation to be able to preach. It gets you in the conversation to be able to spread the gospel. It was their kindness towards this man that allowed them this platform to be able to preach to the rulers of the day. It was their kindness and love towards all those that were around that allowed the church to grow and to build. That it just wasn't head knowledge. That it had changed their heart. There was a theology of kindness. So many people have got a theology of God that he's angry, that he's frustrated, that he's disappointed with them, that he wants to smite them, that if they walked into the, a church building, that the walls would come down, that the roof would fall in. So many people have this mindset of Jesus, but can I just say it's not true? We've got to get this message out. And the greatest salesmen and women for this message is those that are disciples of Jesus Christ, that have experienced the love of God and allowed it to flow through our lives love changes everything so many people are riddled with anxiety and fear depression people that are struggling and they want a miracle and they want to be healed and you know it's a weird fact 
But when you've got stress and anxiety, actually your physical wounds are slower to heal. They're actually slower to heal because of the stress that's on your body. And many people are crying out and stress and anxiety is stopping from being able to reach out. Many people are caught up in their their pain. But if we could just be like this man in the story and cry out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have a personal connection point with Jesus. Allow the kindness of God to do a transformation work. Allow the word of God to change our thinking, to work on us in a supernatural way. Allow God to just bring layers of his love into our life. Change our self-identity. Change who we know who he is. Change our theology to know that he is a loving God that cares for us. We don't have to work for it or strive. It's by God's grace you have been saved. If we could just reach out and touch his love, it changes everything. Let there be kindness in your face, in your eyes, in your smile, in the warmth of your greeting. Don't only give your care, but give your heart as well. Father Teresa, Jesus was busy. Jesus was important. Jesus had the greatest task on earth. Yet when he walked the earth, he was kind to people. Every person that he met, every interaction, He loved those people. Lord, today, let this theology of kindness, this understanding of the love letters of your word, let it change and transform our lives. Let us love kindness and walk humbly before our God. Lord, let this kindness on the inside and this love that we have received stretch out into our community have a ripple effect in our friendship groups and those that are around and about us. Lord, in every way that our love for you would just overflow, we'd overflow with hope and love and grace. There'd be a fragrance and a noise on your church that points towards the Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, let kindness come out of this place and come out of our hearts, I pray. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.